0: and mp3 downloads and now with this week's teaching bishop malcolm smith the lord be with you everyone and i i want to share with you a a text that many people um they're they're very aware of it shall i say it's one of those more well-known texts uh and yet there is a depth in those texts that I think we could do well to look at, uh, so it's in Philippians in chapter two, and I'm only going to read the text, but of course it is—it's locked into everything else around it, and maybe we'll reference that. But I want to get to just what this is saying. It's in Philippians in chapter two and in verse twelve so then my beloved just as you have always obeyed and that word has got a it's got a sort of a what can i say it's like someone is pressing down on you obey it's not that's not the meaning of the word the word obey throughout the scripture the central meaning of the word is listen and it means listen joyfully listen with eyes and heart wide open and listen to do, which I think uh, we need to remember that when it comes to the word obey. So then, my beloved, just as you've always listened with joy, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Okay, Um, Paul wrote Philippians from jail, and he had been imprisoned because of the gospel. He was there for the sake of the gospel, because he preached it, and because of his influence and impact upon his world. the Roman authorities imprisoned him and in fact if we read carefully especially in the first part of the chapter uh, one uh, he did not know whether this was it he, he didn't know whether he would be executed, beheaded or whether he would be set free it was um, well just that and he said I, I don't know whether to live, to die and so on. It was a a very um, traumatic situation for the churches that were scattered around the Mediterranean. And they're not only cut off from Paul in jail, but also, of course, they are under the same government rule that imprisoned him and counted what he did uh, possible death and so everybody's sort of on edge in a persecution that is emanating out of Rome out of the uh, pres- uh, dictator of Rome the Caesar and um, so Paul writes this letter to them from jail in response to a love offering that they have sent him and had that had to be brought of course there was no internet you couldn't Uh, just send people money and and so it's it's carried carried in a bag cash and and they, they send someone with it all the way to rome to give it to paul and paul sends this letter back and notice what he says here that you've always listened to me that is when i've been with you there in Philippi and we sat around and we talked and we talked and prayed together and I preached and taught and you responded you always listened to me but he said now I'm absent now I'm here in in Rome and I don't know whether I'll ever get out of jail And, and so let me put it to you like this that this is the time and for some of you a new time when you will have to now put into practice everything I've taught you. Of course, you ought to have done that from the beginning, but now's the time. This is not the time to bemoan that I'm not there to teach you. Rather, it's time to put it into practice. And it's it's time that you recognize your true teacher and the one who is really speaking into your heart, whether I'm there or not, is the Holy Spirit. And he's your power to carry you through this. And so, he goes right on from saying that to, this is the time then, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling your salvation your salvation Um, one could almost insert the word your own salvation this is yours in the most intimate fashion I'm speaking to you now especially because there's a sense in which there's parallels here that I have taught you and, and I am saying, you must now work out your salvation. I, I, I want to emphasize that. Paul doesn't just say salvation. He says your salvation. It, it is the gift of God that comes to us in Jesus that is brought into our lives by the Holy Spirit. But to you. This is so personal. It's so intimate. If I knew your name, I could give it to you right now, but to you personally. And one must say as if I were the only person that existed. It is that personal. He gives to me my salvation. And could I say that it's customized in that I come to a unique and personal relationship to Jesus to know him that he might reveal his uniqueness in my uniqueness I I can never live (coughs) your Christian life and you can never live mine it's unique to us that that this, this gospel that is for everyone but the way it comes into our personality the uniqueness of our situation our life to, to understand that this is, this is so personal so we each one individually <clears throat> work out our salvation now having said that I ask the question And please, those of you that are long in the faith, I want you to hear this. This is not just a rhetorical question. What do we mean by salvation? I believe that one of the greatest hindrances in much of the church, at least in the Western world, is the way we look at and define salvation. You see, 90% I'll put it as high as that 90% of the persons I would talk to or listen to in conversation and salvation comes up as a topic of the conversation the way they talk and the way they respond is that salvation is some one time event Uh, underline the word event maybe add experience and it it was sometime in in the past from wherever we're talking it could have been recent past but in so many cases it's a pretty long past away and and they talk about it the day they got saved now I know what you mean I, I do there was a day when I realized my salvation in Christ but there is a robotic I'll have to use that word, it comes out I know that they've learned it from the same book from the same whatever the day we got saved when I accepted Jesus as my savior, that day and and, and I don't know how long ago but they speak of it as that event And, and there's many parallels to joining a club we're now among the saved and and you know, and, and some people, God bless them, they they will almost attack you. In, in how do you know that? You say, how do you know? Did you say the sinner's prayer? Did you say it right? Have you? I, and, and I begin to to get a feeling. I, I, I'm in 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 a club, this salvation club, and and people talk about that one event, and they got in and what's the in all about it's well God forgave your sins and and, um, then when you die you know you'll be able to say as you stand before the great judgment seat that Jesus died for you and then that's sort of your passport in I may be making a caricature here but this is what I hear over and over again I hear it from people and pastors salvation look can, can we settle this? Salvation is not an it. Salvation is not a thing. Salvation is not a club you join. It's not a sort of eternal insurance form that you filled out and said the right words and got your pass and shook your hand, raised your hand, I don't know what. No! Salvation is the person the now living person of Jesus into whom you've entered relationship to know him and journey in life now in intense union with him so much he says he is in you and you are in him and therefore It's not really about sin, except in in the sense that salvation announces your sins are gone. He's the Lamb of God who's taken away the sin of the world. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. And so there's no sin consciousness in this this dimension of relationship in Jesus. And it's not really about after death. There's an obsession with death and what's after death. Whereas the New Testament is just dancing alive with now and and how we now live this incredible relationship in and with Jesus and therefore it's not looked upon as an event I mean it began but the New Testament talks about a beginning in the resurrection of Jesus and somewhere in my life I my eyes are open to know that I was included in that and so yeah that's an event but, but it, it's a, a beginning event it's not a thing in itself it's a beginning. Salvation is always spoken of as continuous, progressive, ever opening up before us. Not as something where you've got it, you're in, you said the right words. No, it's, it's I'm, I'm discovering this person who is salvation. I'm discovering life as a, a journey of discovery In terms of a relationship, an intimate, a personal, a dynamic relationship in and with Jesus. There is not a formula. You say it's not. Well, all good Christians do. It's not. Well, you said the sinner's prayer. Read this book, and it will tell you what to do. And no, no, this is an awakening to a person who, you see, where, do you know the word Jesus? that's actually the westernized form Jesus G- you know, um, if you've been around different languages the J and the Y get mixed up all over the place uh, some people, some languages can't can't say J uh, that, that's their Y and so, uh, Jesus is our westernized attempted at saying the Hebrew word yeshua yeshua is the name jesus in in Hebrew and sometimes it's translated as joshua uh, that is that uh, J- again that's western uh, Yah- Yahshua uh, or even hosea that they're all forms of this name yeshua And what does Yeshua mean? It means salvation is of the Lord. That's his name. And if you know anything about Hebrew names, they were windows into the very person of the person. Yeshua. He is. He is the salvation of the Lord. That's the meaning of his name. And so how many times throughout the gospel he says I am I am the way I am the truth I am the door I am the good shepherd he says I am or come to me I will give you life do you get it? Jesus the person is our salvation the person and we we are on this incredible journey of coming to know coming to relate to the person who is our salvation and so in his death, resurrection, ascension he included you into himself and so, yes, you died to the world of darkness and sin and hostility to God and you rose in union with Him to newness of life, to knowing the Father as He knows the Father, to celebrate in the joy and dance of the Holy Spirit. He, he is salvation. And so it's continuous. It's not you sort of shake hands with someone back in you know 1990, and and then that's it sort of thing. You shook hands and you say, well, I you know I I I met the person. I got. No, the fact is, you don't shake hands. You sit down, you, you share life together now for you to live is Him and indeed for Him to be who He is is you. He, he has joined us. We are one. And that is called salvation. What does that see Again, salvation fills the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. It's a magnificent word. It means... Well, the first meaning of the word probably, I, I would say it means deliverance. Deliverance. It, it means shackles fall off. It means prison doors open. It means the cause set at liberty. Come out, you're free. Salvation. And, and salvation always is looked upon as deliverance from something, but more importantly... Uh, deliverance from to something—it's not merely a negative—and so we are delivered from. And yes, we are delivered from Satan, the liar. Now that, that it's hard to say which comes first here, it doesn't really matter. But but we are delivered from the lies that have gripped our mind and heart. Concerning the character of God, who He is, what His purpose is. We, we are delivered from the darkness that was the very world we lived and breathed in. Um, and, and we're delivered from the death, the. Uh, this divorce, self-divorce away from the life of God seeking life within ourselves and within our own abilities tryings or what the Bible calls flesh we were delivered from that and we were delivered in, in the fact that Jesus took that to death he grabbed you and carried you to death that's the end of that And then he raised you from the dead, but now a new person, a new kind of person, one united to him, and he is your life. And because he loves you so, you are his life, joined together. So therefore, in that act, we were free from sin. It was buried with Christ. It's gone, free from sin free from Satan's authority, he has no authority over you whatsoever, free from all the shame, the guilt that was left in the tomb, buried, free from all fear that comes because of feelings and appearances that would suggest that that God is not interested in you, you, you are delivered from all fear you are delivered from all fear which means the subset of anxiety and worry and trouble of the heart and distress of mind and you're free because all that comes because persons think they're alone in this world and they've got to handle life by themselves You're free. That's salvation. You're free from that. You've been delivered from all forms of hopelessness, wherever you might look. But you've been delivered to the realization, the opening of your eyes to the limitless love that God, Father and Son and Holy Spirit have for you. You've been... Delivered from all sense of a remote God. He is intimate. He loves you. Loves you, shall I say, in the details of life. He loves your core person as you are right now. He loves you. How can I put this? He delights in you as you are, which means he loves all your quirks. You know what I mean? You know your odd oddities. Um, there, there are things about me that are uniquely English, which, which make sometimes Americans or others raise their eyebrows. Um, you know, and there's bits and pieces of your personality that are odd. By how you say. Some might say of you a weird person, whatever. But you realize God delights in you. He likes your little oddities. He, he loves the way you are. Do you know, he even strokes your hair. Yeah, Jesus said, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. He, he couldn't be more intimate with you as a physical person, as a, in your mind and your emotions, the way you are. Other people might not like you. Well, tough. He's nuts about you. He delights in you. And his love, his love purpose, his love intention for you spans the entirety of your person, body, mind, emotions. Of course, your core spirit, it goes to even your possessions. He loves you. You've been delivered from the bondage of the darkness and and the horror, the hopelessness of a al- loneliness. And you, you've been translated. That's a biblical word, which means picked up, wrenched out, lifted up, and put into another world. That's who you are. So that you, you've been delivered to. A life, I say, where we do not have sin consciousness. Rather, we have come into a world where we know, oh, we know we're accepted. We're at a home in the dimension of the Holy Trinity. We're at home there, not on tiptoe, not like trespassers, not like one hour visitors. That's where we live we know righteousness which is the inner ability of the Holy Spirit that brings us to walk in step in life with Father, Son and Holy Spirit salvation the word is used often as peace or the Old Testament word shalom the peace of God that passes human comprehension peace that's salvation and it's not just peace with God, it's, it's peace in life. It is the tranquility of mind and body. It's linked with joy. It says we shall with joy draw water out of the wells of salvation. And joy is not happiness, you understand. There are many things that would... Um, I don't like them. If if I wanted to use the word, that would be unhappiness. I wish it would stop happening, but um, it's got nothing to do with joy. Joy rises above that, and therefore one has this supernatural, but it's natural to us in Jesus. It's joy in the midst of situations that would make us unhappy. It's it's the realm then of the fruit of the spirit, which is love love not only that streams into you from the Holy Trinity but that love now comes into us to be given out to others as you are loved so you love and peace and joy and gentleness and kindness and goodness that's the world that you've been translated into salvation Another way of saying that word, defining it, is wholeness. Because, although we make a big difference, especially in the Western Church, um, between the word saved and the word healed. So people believe in the salvation of the soul, whatever that means... um, and, and then maybe perhaps it could happen salva- uh, the healing of the body well, you see that's I don't understand translators sometimes because the same word I mean it's exactly the same word that, that a person was saved the same word that person was healed salvation and healing is the same word in the language of the Bible and, and so it means wholeness wholeness of spirit and, and made whole and, and the human God intended. It, it means a mind that is increasingly being brought into alignment with the mind of Christ. It, It's emotions that increasingly exhibit the peace of God and the joy of the Lord, you see. And a body that is the temple of the Holy Spirit where the cells and organs and ligaments and muscles are the housing of the Holy Spirit and, and physical healing it's salvation same word, healing, saved and also blessing the word blessing is associated with peace with salvation, with prosperity and abundance from the innermost person to the outermost world in which you live salvation mighty big word covers just about everything in life and jesus is our salvation jesus is god who became mankind in order to embrace us and carry us out in his own person into this world salvation you you have received that salvation the Holy Spirit opened your eyes to that you responded to that with joy, with thanksgiving with faith because when God shows you what he has for you part of that is it produces the faith to receive it so now he says work it out work out your salvation so even that takes me back to what I said and I've got to say it probably more than once um, because people are so stuck in this idea that salvation is a past event that's got all together to do with a future wherever you're going in the future and in between times people really don't know what's going on Whereas salvation is is not an event. It's a journey of discovery. It's a journey of discovering how this living Jesus lives his life in us, through us, into our work, our home, all our relationships, and the events of life. So Jesus, who is salvation, he says, I am the way, I am the path. And the path on which the journey takes place, outside of me there's no path, there's no journey. And he said, the Holy Spirit, he shall guide you into all truth. So Jesus says, I'm the path, I'm the beginning of it, I'm the end of it, I'm the all of it. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. And, and so every day you you are on this journey of discovering the reality of the Holy Trinity presence in this, in that, in the other, in work, in school, the PTA, in the shopping mall. I'm in this journey of discovering salvation, discovering this manifestation of Jesus who is Savior salvation see in essence salvation points us to relationship Uh, see the event mentality says salvation is a decision you make a decision for Christ well I, I, I know what you mean but somehow decision misses the point that this is a relationship you enter into a relationship God the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit committed to you and we wake up to that and we say yes yes Lord it was an entrance into a relationship and relationship essentially is sharing it's not really relationship is sitting down and talking to the one you love or talking to your dearest friend and you talk and you share relationship is listening see back to that word obedience relationship is listening listening with all ears listening with your heart Relationship is is seeing a person and coming to know them, how they act and what they want and what delights them. Relationship. In fact, I've said on another occasion that relationship is a matter of exchanging stories. Relationship begins when you hear that person's story of who they are and how they feel about you and you share your story of who you are and and as you become more trusting you share more of your story it's an ongoing story of sharing, relationship and relationship it looks to union, a binding and that's why the word covenant is always used in this respect covenant where two parties become functionally one so the Lord himself would enter and continue relationship he would have you share your heart with him know him come to know him in all the ups and downs and twists and turns of life and it would be a relationship that uses the most incredible language he says I am in you and you are in me that's incredible I mean the relationships among humans the person sits there and you sit here and it's your words and that invisible energy that is you that, were, that mingles and becomes one but Jesus said that through the Holy Spirit he would come Inside he would be inside our heart, our core being, he would be inside our mind, he would sit inside our imagination, he would in us, he would be perfectly at home inside of us without in any way diminishing us. In fact, we would become more ourselves than we've ever been before. And he says that we would be in him. And in him means we'd be inside the very mind of God, inside the heart of God. Or, to put it another way, we would come to discover the person. Isn't that what relationship is all about? That's what friendship is really all about. You you are on a journey of discovering the person. And with every discovery, your heart leaps within you. And you learn to trust on an ever-deepening level. And you can one day begin to say, I know that person. I'm known of that person. Work it out, you see. Work this out. It's, it's not an event only. The event was just the, the, the beginning of your realizing this incredible salvation. It's now worked out. And it's worked out. Day after day after day. There's a lot of listening to the Holy Spirit. He tells the story because his story, he tells the story of who you truly are. He tells you the story of how beloved you are. Yet on the other hand, he pulls out of us our story as we understand life. He educates us. There's a possibility... That we could say here, uh, work in salvation. It's it's the, the idea is that you're working into your life this salvation. You are bringing into life on an ever increasing. And when I say that, I don't mean with massive kangaroo jumps every day, but the gentle growth increase as you you work this salvation into your life and you discover what can I say the potential I can hardly get my tongue around this the potential of he in you the one you realize accepted you The one you've suddenly realized came into your life. The potential of that. Can I say it again? The potential. The possible. Wake up, man. Do you realize what we're talking about? Do you realize the potential that the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ dwells inside of you? And you are discovering that potential as you work it into life. And, come on, let's face it, life doesn't happen in church. Church, I mean, speaking casually as the word is sort of understood today, church is where a bunch of Christians, hopefully, come together and share... Their relationship, they they share their victories, share their need of your support and encouragement. It's very different. You go out from that church into where life really happens at home, across the dinner table, where life really happens at work, with all the persons that you work alongside of at school, with everybody in the desks around you. Life happens in those chants, chants, meetings in the supermarket. It, it happens with words spoken. Sometimes just in a few minutes of being with another person. It happens in interaction in the shopping mall, you know. That's, that's, that's where you work. In salvation that is now in every hour, every minute, sometimes you see the opportunity of being who you are. Love and joy and peace that is coming into you from the very heart of Jesus. You're you're faced with challenges, and sometimes very suddenly. And in the challenge, you realize that that the strength of God in Christ now in you through the Holy Spirit is yours. and you you're now living at a level of joy and peace and strength and wisdom. And you're living at a level where you're not anxious because you're more aware of the presence of Jesus through his spirit than you are of the challenging situation. So that the events that happen to you and the people that speak that word or do that whatever, they don't order your life. You're not you're you're not a puppet that is on strings that are held by that person and that person and that event. You live from within, you see, and so you don't have. And when people say it, I believe they mean it. Well, if you mean it, it, it no more. You you've got to work your salvation into this. You say, you say, uh, she makes me mad. Now, come on. She, whoever she is, makes you mad? He makes me sick. Yeah, and maybe probably physically too. You know, I could keep going, but you get the idea. That he or she or this that's happening makes me... No. We now live from... Jesus our salvation who is now inside of us in every sense of the word through the Holy Spirit and so in this situation whatever it is we draw from the wells of salvation we draw from that wholeness that peace, that joy that is the very person of Jesus And it is worked into us. That's the kind of person we now begin to be. Salvation isn't an idea. Salvation has taken up residence in our actions, our words, the way we look at life. And this idea of potential, do you realize how far that can go? I'm serious. Do you realize how far that can go? Do you realize the possible? The Holy Spirit within I mean what 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 could it look like? Come on, get off get off any religious high horse where we use these words without thinking. Now let's we're talking about the office, we're talking about home, the kids, the mortgage, you know. Can you realize the potential of Christ in you? The potential of looking into the eyes of Father just as Jesus does and know the love of the Father and therefore to not be anxious, to not be worried. Can you see the potential that you you were included into the death, burial of Jesus and that old you and the authority of sin and guilt and shame was buried with Christ and you the newness of life Jesus Christ in you can you see the potential of living without sin consciousness P.S. I'm talking about the New Testament and you this is what it says Can, can you see the potential of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you? Love one another as I have loved you. To walk into your world and to actually love people as you are loved. And of course, that's not that gooey look on your face. That, that's nothing to do with love. Love is when you are patient, when you are gentle, When you are kind, when you act toward a person in the same spirit that you've been acted on, when you forgive. Can you imagine your life, the potential of Christ in you, where you forgive and there's no bitterness, there's no malice, there's no gossip, there's no slander, there's no seeking to destroy the person that you think is in your way? Uh, And this is in the New Testament, okay? Um, Okay, I say it again the potential of Jesus Christ living in you. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see the vastness of salvation. Vast! The greatest oceans of the world would look like mud puddles compared with the vastness of this salvation. And and we're we're called upon to investigate Um, the epistles epistles of Paul and Peter and John really that they contain this kind of explore this realize this wake up, open your eyes, look around do you realize where you are? Right now right at this microsecond you are sitting inside the heart of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and you are in the dance of God's delight and joy concerning his purpose in you open your eyes you see Paul's prayers and I've talked about that so much Ephesians 1 Colossians 1 even Philippians 1 he's talking about The eyes of your understanding, your inside eyes open wide, flooded with the light of God to see the hope to which you have been called. That you might be filled with the knowledge of God, which means that you will know God and you will know yourself as God knows God and as God knows you. And as God talks about you and thinks about you, thoughts of His love, remember to Abraham back there at the beginning of this life that we now enjoy and the Lord said to Abraham go out and look at the sand look, what's going on. look at the sand pick it, pick it up and let it run through your fingers so shall your seed be uh, look up see look at the stars can you count them that's what I'm going to do for you. Why did he do that? Because he's saying, "I want you to investigate this. I want you to feel this. It's not just a promise that I spoke to you. I want you to let it run through your fingers. Can I feel the feel the, the sand through your toes and recognize? So shall your seed be. And, and the land I'm giving you this this land where this, this is going to take place. So he says, "Look to the north and." south and east and west look at it, take it in go on, tread it, go on, put your foot down on it, this is yours I want you to feel for it why why was it that the spies went in, better will be scouts, they went into the land of Canaan because they miserably failed but they went in for this reason put your foot down on it, get a feel for this, this is what God has given to you And now let's make out some strategy of how you're going to come and take it. I say they they missed the boat, got scared spitless, but that's what it was. I'm asking you to scout out the Scripture. Go into this New Testament world. See, some of you were shocked what I was saying a few minutes ago. Well, all I'm doing is letting the promises of God go through my fingers and say this is yours this is yours what would this look like in the office what would this look like working down there in the factory and what would this look like in my home wow take another walk he says put down your foot circle the promise and remember it's a covenant promise Psalm 89 says the covenant promise will never be altered, he will never change the word that came out of his mouth, God's covenant promise is non-negotiable he said it and he said if it ceased to be, God himself would cease to be and that promise was fulfilled in Jesus 2 Corinthians 1 says every promise God made it's yes and is so In Jesus Christ. But go on. Let the Holy Spirit take you by the hand. Point out. You know as you're reading. And suddenly it seems it lights up. It leaps out. Grabs your heart. The Holy Spirit saying. Look at that. Look at that. And every time. That happens. Every time you see a promise of God. Every time you realize. That's an aspect of my salvation that is in Jesus. Recognize that's not given to you to be stored away as some religious trivia in your mind for conversation at odd moments when there's nothing else to say. No. Nor is it to be information that you could pass a theological exam with, The New Testament calls that, Paul calls it, I believe it's in Philippians, where where he says that that kind of knowing, you just know it's there. He says, bloated up like a jolly frog. No, 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 no. Everything God shows you is because he wills that you should work it out, work it into your life so that you live there, becomes you... And he says, do this with fear and trembling. Uh, let me say this. The word fear, the fear of the Lord, and fear as it's used here. Do you, do you realize, and this is out of Webster's Dictionary, the word fear actually means awe, to stand in awe and to worship and give reverence check it out, Webster's Dictionary Oxford Dictionary if you're in the UK that's what it means you you fear something in the sense it's used today because actually you stand in awe of its power to destroy you you're actually worshipping its power to destroy you the fear of the Lord is I stand in awe and wonder and worship at this one who is all love and his intention and purpose toward me cannot be cancelled it's not negotiable he said it, he means it, it's done it's finished and I stand in that ah, fear awe, it means I'm speechless I'm beside myself, I, i See, if salvation is whole hum to you, you probably had the wrong teaching. Salvation is supposed to leave you with this kind of fear or wonder and trembling. When fear and trembling, that is another phrase that's used occasionally in Scripture. It means that this is so wonderful. This is so out of sight, out of words that I, 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 it's my first priority Not nothing else can stand in front of this, this is my total concern it, it, it's connected with the idea of zeal I'm trembling in the sense I dare not leave this I, I dare not put this on the shelf and just say how interesting I I stand in awe of God and I tremble at the thought of not acting upon this and doing this and bringing it into my life with passion. This is where salvation really becomes to us. Salvation. Unless we have that, it's just a jolly good idea it's whole hum, it's bored, we give it an hour on Sunday and then rush off to do the things that really matter but when you're hearing what I've just said probably one of the greatest sadnesses of my life and of course I've been doing this speaking this for the last 60 plus years And I've too many times, too many times I have sat and shared this message of the love of God and the grace of God and and shared it with pastors, leaders and sometimes it's been hours into the night and, and they they they're, yes they, they they see this and and then they say I, I'm thinking of very specifics right now I can almost feel the chair we were sitting in and I see this dear dear pastor who has seen the reason it's all called gospel the goodest news you've ever heard and I can see that there's life leaping at, at and then they say, "But I, I could never preach this. you could never why and I can hear it now, and it's hurting me to to remember it where they say if I preached this in my church i I might get kicked out, I would then lose my health insurance and I would lose my retirement." Uh, I, I only hope you can hear what I'm saying with fear and trembling it means I have seen something and there can, nothing can stand in the way it doesn't matter what people say and there are some of you listening because we know you're listening know you're watching some of you right there in the near Middle East We know you believers there in Egypt and Syria. We we can trace that you're listening. And and I I have sat down with some of you, and I know the cost, if you could ever say that word. But you've seen something that overrides everything else. It's, It's overridden your family. It's overridden your government. It's overridden the laws of your land you've seen the truth and some of you have lost everything I sat down with some of you in Russia thrown into jail for years because you confessed Jesus as Lord but could you do anything else no because that's the truth and that's the life and whatever happens this I must do This I must be. Though the world says that I should hate that person, I cannot. Though all the powers of darkness say that you should walk away from this because you're going to have people who won't like you, people who might even ask you to leave the church. Well... I pray, God, that doesn't happen. But, you see, we, we've seen too much. We can never walk away. We stand with fear and trembling, with awe and wonder and delight. And we tremble at the thought that we would just put that on the shelf for a mere smile of a human being work it out she says work it bring it into your life work it in until your life is the gospel and the gospel is in your life and but of course my time is gone who knows we might be back here next week but but he says all of this it, it do, it's not because you're an exceptionally strong person no we, we, we have woken up to the realization that in ourselves we're weak and we're supposed to be weak. We derive our strength because he goes on to say, For it is God who is at work in you. That word work is different to the one that we just have been talking about. This word work in the Greek language is Energia. From which of course we get our word energy. He said the very energy of God Himself, Holy Spirit, is in you both to will. That is, He is the one who gives strength to our resolve. He gives strength to our intention, our purpose. It's all it is impossible to say. Where the Holy Spirit is the one that shows you the truth. And as we rise to take it, He's the strength with which to take. And He's the faith with which we take. It's God who works in you to will and to work. He's the one that brings to pass. He's the one who results. And let me say this especially in the original language is showing the continuousness of this. It's not just an event. It's every day. For it is God who is at work. In the original language that Paul wrote in, it is for God who is continuously at work in you, both to continuously will and continuously work his good pleasure. It's it's continuous There's never a time you wake up in the morning the first one to greet you is the Holy Spirit. Usually he'll give you a thought for the day. Well, the time has gone. I want you to put this into practice obviously or it will become useless to you. Actually, if you don't put it into practice it's a pity you even heard it. work out your salvation with fear and trembling but always with the knowledge I'm not doing it for God I'm doing it from Him for it is God who works in to will and to do of His good pleasure another blessing of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit in his almighty love bless you in the opening of your eyes that you might stand in awe and worship to work out salvation in complete harmony with the Holy Spirit your guide, your teacher as you walk in the very life and person of Jesus the way so I bless you and that is the way it is